welcome back to the peripheral views podcast folks this is uh our newest episode um not within any of our series we're going to be just talking a little preview show for a ufc event uh first things first i'm your host jake errol is with me on this evening of december 11th 2023 errol what's going on bro Ayo. back with another pod tonight uh little housekeeping before we get rolling on a little UFC talk, a little MMA. Um, housekeeping, first and foremost, peripheralviewspodcast.com. That's the webpage. Um, we are on YouTube. Every every episode that we've done so far basically is up on YouTube. Um, just throw us in the search bar, um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Um, and please, if you do, subscribe, rate, and review if you could. And uh, follow us on the socials. We are on X, Peripheral V123, at Peripheral V123. Um, we're also on SoundCloud.com forward slash Peripheral Views 123. Uh, if you want to reach us more directly, um, you can reach us at our e- at our uh, podcast email. That is uh, Peripheral Views Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's just about it for the uh, housekeeping notes. Um Quick recap, what we talked about in the last pod. Uh, If you're looking to uh, check out the most recent Peripheral Views podcast, we did a breakdown in the music series of the pod um, on the the iconic and, you know, industry-shifting hip-hop album, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers from 1993. Errol, anything on that that came about... um, since recording and since releasing the podcast on on that Wu Tang album, anything that came about you wanted to add to that, or do you think we covered about as covered it about as well as we could have? Um, I I think uh, the latter. I think we did. A, I always say it, but I think we better did about as uh, good a job as we could. Yeah, I think that's probably about the right right uh, mentality. I mean, we 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 talked at length about it. I'm sure there's shit we didn't actually get to. Um, kind of tough to talk. Uh, you know, a piece of a piece of art that intense and like that, like, you know, like I said, culturally impactful is uh, yeah. T- I can tell you, get for, to it all. I can tell you for a fact that we definitely missed like all the references of like a uh, future, like samples and stuff like that. But like, and the lyrics too. Yeah. There's plenty of lyrics. We didn't actually get to, we, I think we referenced a few. Ly- I mean, you could do, we could do a full podcast breaking down like lyrical content, lyric for lyric of, of what, of what that album like brings to the table. But you know, that, that could be that could be six seven hours just on its face alone so instead we decided to kind of just talk about the album and its influence and what the what the tracks mean um to the album and um it's so facto what the album means to hip-hop culture and music culture um so we went that route and i think we did a pretty decent job so nothing really jumping out of us there but if you are interested in hearing us uh break that album down track for track and the state of music in 1993. It was the 30 year anniversary of the album. Um, feel free to jump back in the most previous episode. That's our 21st episode of the podcast. Enter the Wu Tang 36 Chambers by Wu Tang Clan from 1993. So feel free to jump back to that if you're interested. Moving into today's episode, we are talking uh, UFC 296. This is going to be a preview show. We're going to break down the card. We do talk a little UFC, a little MMA on the podcast. Um, common point intersection of interest for Errol and I. So uh, we like to talk the stuff uh, we've done a couple. Po- we've actually done a post show. We might do a post show potentially this weekend. Um, probably. Yeah, I think we could probably we could probably get to a uh, maybe just a short 30, 40 minute uh, post not, show. Yeah, if not, don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what the results are. If it's a snoozer of a card, I don't think it's going to be. It's a, it's a pretty good card. I mean, this thing is loaded 
you know, top to bottom. It's got bangers all the way even through the prelims. So uh, that being card, the case, though, we just have a uh, an open card. We're not sure. We're not sure what the game plan is this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of we're kind of working out those details. Um, First and foremost, but it, it, either way, we do have some content um, coming out this week, which we're we're going to get to at the end of the sh- end, end of the show. We'll keep you guys filled in on what's coming. We've got another episode that will drop before even before the UFC 296 um, pay per view itself. Um, we got one more coming out this week after this podcast. So pretty busy week around the uh, peripheral views domain as we kind of usher our way into the holiday season. Um, probably going to take, uh, I should announce that here on the pod, uh, while we're recording, um, we probably will around next week, um, have, I would say no later than like mid next week. We'll probably have our final episode of the year out on the airwaves. Um, then we're going to retreat into the darkness for a few, uh, handful of weeks, just kind of enjoy the holidays with our families and, um, you know, take a, take a break. We're both, uh, we're both working folk. So nice yeah, to take a I little wanted- break. I wanted to uh, touch base on that too, uh, not to toot my own horn, but as uh, my loyal followers know, I've been uh, dabbling in plays and whatnot. Right. Um, I yes, have a, I've, I've, um, I got another one coming up, so Ooh, I'm going to take boy. that time. To, yeah, I got a. Uh, it's a. They had open auditions for. Uh, what is it called? Uh, of life and love collection of one act plays and it's a just a their little theater watertown's just going to try to do some stuff about like relationships not necessarily like all lovey-dovey but uh just something nice around valentine's uh, it's going to be uh, uh february 10th and the 17th so just a bit before valentine's day just a little bit after um i got a couple parts i got a i got two roles Beautiful arrow back on the stage, pumping out some, pumping out some uh, performances there. That's nice. Good plug. Love oh yeah. It. So, uh, what one of them is like a, a main, uh, co-main where I'll be in just like a one-two, but the other one is uh, is just like a uh, I'm a one-off character. Um, it's a uh, I I don't want to say I was tight cast, but uh. It was a, uh, I'm just the, uh, I'm the himbo eye candy in a, like, in, a, in like a, like a, a love square. Um, <laughs> I've never like heard, a, I've never heard of, uh, I've never heard of a love controversy described in a square. Uh, yeah. So, so it's like, it's, it's four guys. That's so big problems. Uh, that's big yeah. problems. Big time problems. Right, yeah. So it's four guys in a uh, in a homoerotic relationship, and I'm literally just the last second, like, eye candy, like, just post up, "Hello, boys, <laughs> who's this?" So, um, but like, as you you know, you are a uh, you're a smart you're a smart fellow. So I have a question. Okay, let's you. hear it. Let's hear what and you got. A, a couple names. I'm gonna shoot them out there. Then we're gonna ask for what do they have in common. Okay, all right. I'm I'm in. Okay. Let's hear it. Marlon Brando, okay. James Dean, Heath okay. Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, Christian Bale, Dustin Hoffman, Daniel Day Lewis, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino. What do they all have in common? Ooh. Um They're all recipients of Academy Awards for sure. And uh, and um 
Is this in relation to the play? I'm I'm curious. Yes. Okay. They are all method actors. Oh, method actors. Method acting. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, that's yes. a, that's a definite. I thought you were gonna say Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor. <laughs> I was gonna be like, oh <laughs> shit, there's some Hollywood lore about what the fuck went down between those two guys, but we don't right. have to go into that. But so while I'm okay, only method at acting. the Yeah, I'm only at the end of this play, whatnot, and I really should focus on the other one. But I'm thinking if I want to take my acting career to the next level, I should probably start method acting. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you got to live it. You got to live what you're playing. Yeah. I mean, if I'm it's thinking- a if it's a small role, though, those guys did that. Well, I will say this. Like, Brando towards the end was like, I don't even know that he had to method act anymore because I think he was like, I think he was in like mental, like rough mental shape. Like, you remember, have you ever seen the end of Apocalypse Now? Well, yeah. Like where his like you know the horror scene where he's like rubbing his bald head, like that dude got paid like millions of dollars, showed up like super late, didn't know his lines or anything, and just kind of because <laughs> he was he's like I was working, and he was also fat as shit. He wasn't supposed to be so fat. Like he's obviously he's been like the role is that he's like playing, he's like in the jungle as like a cult leader for like the Vietnamese like these like indigenous tribes in like the Vietnamese jungle. And like, he's like, he's like fucking 200 pounds, like, <laughs> or well, probably more than that. He's probably like 250, 260 pounds, like very, very fat, very overweight. And he's like, so like, this is why if you watch the film, he like kind of disappears into the shadows. Like uh, Coppola uses like, like a lot of shading and darkness to not show how overweight he was, <laughs> but like, I, not to, I don't mean to tangent on apocalypse now, but like just to say that his method acting was like, he just basically showed up and just gave incredible performances anyway, even like fucking not given an ounce of effort or preparation. So, um, but I mean, he earned that because he was a method actor up to that point. Yeah, no, I don't mean the tangent either. I just want to like kiss boys and have an excuse. Oh, okay. Let's listen. This is if you're going to method act, (laughs) this is is your pathway right here. If If there's a time to start, it's it's via Look, I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm an actor. <laughs> Acting. This is all this is all in the up and up. I am uh, taking notes. <laughs> yeah, I mean if the method if if method acting is your path, um this is this is this is uh the performance the performance will speak for itself. We'll put it to you. That That's way. what I'm saying. I'm only gonna be in for forty five seconds, but I want those forty five seconds to scream. And you want it to feel real. Right, and there's only one way way they're gonna know, (laughs) and that's if I download Grinder right now. You better. You you need the app. If the app's not on your phone, they will know. The audience will know you are you are you are a a phony. Right, exactly. So that's that's where I'm at right now. Like, do I want to take this acting stuff serious, or do I just (laughs) kind of like think it's something fun to do in my meantime? Yeah. Are you so? Are um, are you a serious actor, or are you trying to be Rob Schneider? Like, which what career are you trying to have here, sir? Right. Yeah. Like Rob Schneider wouldn't method act. There's no way in his life he he doesn't have what it takes. he did I spend. I think he spent. I think he spent like three months in at the zoo for in preparation for the animal. And I will not. <laughs> <laughs> I will not sit here and say I'm a better actor than Rob Schneider. You will not hear me say that on the. <laughs> Dude, he's not pretty yet. good in Home Alone too. Not bad. Not bad. Not yet. You will not hear me say that. No. If I have any kind of accreditation, because that's the thing. It doesn't matter as long as you got like accreditations. And I like you know, 
I will give that to him, though yeah. he is a little. He's gotten kind of. He's gone for Coco. He's had he's had a weird career for sure, but he's he's he's. Actually, you know what it is? It's the fall that he fell so hard that he's just he's. Gonna oh, be, the career crash! The, yeah, the you're career taking crash shots, bro. You're taking shots and shots. Well, what's he gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. I Listen don't know. to our podcast, darn. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if we if we attract that kind of celebrity, then uh, this podcast is over. I'm gonna uh, you know what? If all right, okay, <laughs> okay, whatever. Rob Schneider, if you for some godforsaken reason ever hear this acting off, I'll I'll blow you out the water, bro. You don't even. I want to see it. I want to see. Swear to God, Robin, do Rob (laughs) Schneider. You don't even. I swear to God. (laughs) All right. Well, let's 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 move into today's content. And uh, first and foremost, we're going to kick off the UFC 296 card with a. uh, It sounds like it's going to be a light heavyweight bout between Errol Hooker and Rob Schneider. Uh, and I, uh, bro, he doesn't have. I'm putting takes. my money on the guy with the wrestling background. So, Errol, that's gonna be you, dog. I'm gonna put yeah, all he's been doing is acting. I'm gonna drag him into deep waters. Yeah, he's <laughs> just, just Habib style. He's just gonna, he's just gonna drown. He's pretty small. I think you could take him. I don't know though. He's probably got that uh that Hollywood diet going on. You know, you never know. He's probably got the super soldier serum. No, that's a, I, well, it, you give me, you give me, you give me two months. I'm not losing to Rob Schneider. Yeah. Acting off, fight, Rob Schneider. Whatever it is. Up to you, bro. You want to you push up challenge? Right. I don't even care. There this ain't is, nothing you can do that I can't do better. I promise you this that. This has become I slanderous, that. and I am a huge Rob Schneider fan. So. It's not slander. It's a competition. He needs to prove <laughs> me wrong. He has not signed up for this. He's not involved. But uh, Rob Schneider, I just want you to know the, the, the feature host of this podcast, myself, is a huge fan. Huge fan. I loved the hot chick. Excellent. Yeah, I love that masterpiece. South, I love the South Park episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, now, we're, now we're really going to get slanderous? All right, let's move into it. Uh, what are we talking today, Errol? We're talking um, – well, actually, plug those dates for your, for your play, though, before we move on off to anything. Oh, yeah, no, it's just the uh, – what was it? The 10th and the 17th. Probably going to be somewhere in Sackett's Harbor if you actually care. February you know, 10th and 17th, 17th, uh, 10th and 17th of February. Make sure you if anyone it. actually cares, reach out to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, or hit the uh, peripheral views uh, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, just be like, when's that one thing? I live in upstate New York and I'd like to show up for it. Bingo. All right, let's do it. Let's move into the uh, content of the day. We're talking UFC 296, uh, but before we kick into that main card and start chatting about that, let's talk about some let's talk some fight announcements. Uh, big fights got announced, uh, maybe not not like Im- immensely big, but like interesting fights. So let's 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 kind of run down what's what's uh, what's on the books. Um, probably the biggest one that was announced uh, most recently is UFC 298, February 17th. No, uh, no. Little early might be missing this one. You're gonna miss this fight, but it's a banger of a fight. Henry Cejudo is back um, since his loss to Aljamain Sterling uh, back in May. He's gonna take on Marab Dolashvili um, in Anaheim, UFC 298. What do you think about that fight, Errol? Ooh, um, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, with the Cejudo. Former. Yeah, Henry Cejudo is definitely. Uh, I, I I don't I don't know the latter. 
Yeah, so. yeah. Dwal- Dwalish Philly is is on like a nine to ten fight win streak. And is well, a- here's the thing: he's a ever- fucking animal. I mean, he's crazy. He's he's not, crazy good. Not to be stereotypical, but whenever you come across a uh, like or me, when I come across the last name I can't pronounce, and it seems like kind of like uh, <laughs> like Russian, I'm like, they got they're gonna win. Yeah, probably gonna probably gonna have. Oh, a good time and that's there. gonna that's gonna lead us. We'll eventually talk about that. <laughs> Just me. There's one of those in this uh in UFC two two ninety six. So. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got some. Yeah, we've got some, we've got some Eastern European stuff going on, um, or Western Asia, however you want to uh, define it. But uh, okay, so that's that's one big fight that got announced uh, before we kick into things. We got also March second in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Mohammed uh, Mahayev is uh he's going to be taking on I believe Alex Perez, um, which is a big fight. That's a huge fight. Um. Is it Alex? Oh wait, is it Alex Perez? Shoot, I'm sorry. I should make sure of this before I get rolling here. Uh, I believe it is Mikhaev. Is uh, he he he's booked. We'll say that. I should have probably had this. I, I would just assume that my memory would hold up, and it definitely has not. Um, he's he's going to be taking out. That's the first Saudi Arabia card. That's going to be a um, that's going to be a fight night in Saudi Arabia. It's kind of a big. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a big. It's it's nice to get. Um, yeah, it is Alex Perez. Sorry, it's and it's good. To, it's good to get a that card's going to be huge. Um, March second, um, it's going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be free. <laughs> um, but they're going to build that card out big time and show up in Saudi Arabia because they're going to get huge sight feet. Um, so they're that's, they're going to. I think it's going to be an exciting night of fights, and it will be free. So Mahayev is five and zero. Oh, he's twenty three years old. He's five and zero oh in the UFC. I should say he's like, I don't. I think he's like twenty three and zero oh overall or. No, he's 11 and 0 professionally. He's got 23 amateur fights, all n- never been defeated. So he he's he's tearing it up. Um, he's looked better in his last two fights, uh, a little bit better at least. So we're gonna see if that kid's got the goods. He's taking on Alex Perez. That that'll be a an interesting fight. Uh, February 3rd in Las Vegas, you've got Hanato Moicano versus Drew Dober. Sure, fireworks. I mean, guaranteed fireworks. Those boys throw down. Um, both extremely violent operators out there. That's going to be, that's going to be a throwdown. That should be good. Um, what else we got arrow before we get rolling? Oh yeah. Okay. So Macy Barber, uh, she's getting in there against Caitlin Chukagian, a veteran who's been around forever. It'll be a good test for Macy Barber. Pretty big fight. Um, but, uh, first and foremost, this is, uh, this is the most important fight to announce. Um, not really a fight announcement necessarily, but, um, so, Josh Emmett versus Giga Chikadze was on this UFC 296 card, right? Which would have been a great fight. Um, those guys are both incredible strikers, really good, really good, a lot of power and uh, huge, huge implications in the featherweight division, especially for Giga. Giga was like on the move out of Georgia. He gets injured and now Bryce Mitchell is going to step in and fight Josh Emmett this weekend. So mm. that actually takes us right perfectly into um it takes us right into it. So let's just dive right into the, to the card UFC 296. This shit's going down in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile arena, uh, December 16th, this Saturday at, uh, I believe the main card starts as per usual at 10 PM Eastern, uh, main event. You've got Leon Edwards, who's defending his attempting to defend his welterweight championship after, uh, defeating Mar Usman back in March. You got Alejandro Pantoja uh, versus Brandon Royval coming off of his uh, flyweight championship claiming over Brandon uh, Moreno back in July. 
in was, in my opinion, the fight of the year. Um, at welterweight, you got a welterweight bout between Shafkat Rachmanov versus Wonder, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. At lightweight, you got Tony Ferguson taking on Paddy Pimlet. At welterweight, Vicente Luque versus Ian Machado Gary. That's your main card. Let's lead it off, though, with the main event. Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. Errol, give me some of your initial take on this. Okay, so I cannot take Colby Covington serious. <laughs> yeah, like I just I don't know why I just one of the can't. one of the most obviously the the fact that there's a sect of like the MMA community that thinks his like faux patriotism slash like th- like it's so obviously a shtick, which is fine. He's like, he's like said it was a shtick, and that's the thing. Course- if you actually believe in it. Do your thing, and like it's not it's not a hard sell just to like actually be like a non sellout. So well, I think his, like a, I think his goal is to like I think he's like that. He just turned it up to eleven. He well, yeah, that's uh, he's actually said it too, and that's why like I would like to like him because he knows his part, and that's just the heel. Yeah, that's and what he's he, going for. Right, and he he does it really well, and that's almost like what's got him to that. But here's the thing. That will get you so far in like publicity and like us like talking smack, but like then you have to go out there and then fight someone like Leon Edwards, yeah. someone who is like he's out there to fight. He's not. He doesn't need a shtick. So this is this is one of like the I don't want to say like soft spoken, but not a lot of like hype on for Leon? Like being a chi- yeah for yeah, being Rocky like a Edwards, chi- Rocky Edwards is just his story speaks for itself like his exactly he talks with his hands yeah well, he talks not only with that, his hands not only just that but his his like his his uh humble beginnings as like a Jamaican immigrant in the UK in Birmingham and his his father was murdered in like gang violence uh, his brother's a fighter he's a fighter he grew up in poverty like he is like his story is is he is the Rocky story. Like that was what, and obviously that's, I don't want to deliberate too long on the head kick knockout over Kamaru Usman from a couple, you know, at this point, you know, almost. No, cause you really can. We could, we could, uh, we could talk about it for an episode. I know it was, it was such an beautiful. incredible, truly one of the most incredible moments in the history of the sport. Probably you probably, say the sport, but I would, I would say like sports, sports. it's like yeah. the combination of like, just hard work, determination, practice, and it all just to that moment because he's like he practiced that head kick for. But it was, all, it was also perfect because he was losing the fight and he was fighting a monster. Yeah, and David versus Goliath. Yeah, Usman had not lost in like fifteen fights. Had already beat Edwards and was beating him in four rounds of this fight. You didn't think he was going to win? I didn't. No, I remember sitting there watching and I thought, wow, this like I thought the same thing that Rogan and in DC were saying, which is that I think he's just decided that like losing a decision was good enough. And then all of a sudden he just launched it. He threw, throws that head kick up there, throws it at full capacity shin on the jaw, puts him, uh, puts him to sleep. But then even maybe even more impressively as Teddy Atlas always says, like um, a fighter becomes like 20% better immediately just by virtue of being the champion. Like, and then went and then yep. went out just by the confidence, right? The ment- the mental side of the game. Because you're technically. Yeah. Well, you're credentialed too. Like you just you've, mm-hmm. you've been validated by a championship belt in a championship moment. There's no one better. There's no one better. Right. You're on top of the on top of the division in the sport and top of the food chain. Yep. And Man, he, it's man on the planet. And then he no did, one your weight. Stop saying that. 
<laughs> you love that. No one your weight's beating you up, dude. At his weight, wanted... yeah, but he can't be the baddest man. On... If you're saying at that weight, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I said. Baddest man on the it, planet at that weight. In the UFC, if you're in the UFC and you're the champion of a division, you are the baddest man at that division. Period. Or because it doesn't matter the rest of the sport because this is this is the this is the shark infested waters. This is it. This is where the sharks are at. Um, but he he goes out in in March and God, it feels like that was this is so crazy this year has been. Um, that feels like it was you know a year ago, but it was literally only a handful of months ago where he uh, defeats Usman across five rounds. I reached watched the fight very recently, um, probably in the last week or so. And I was watching the fight, and I'm watching, and he had a couple of fouls, right? Like an eye poke, uh, you know. I think he got a point taken even in a round. And you could have made a case for a draw, but as I was rewatching the fight, the only way you're giving that giving him a draw, he won three of those rounds. Um, the only case, I, I, other than a draw, he definitely. It, it, if you're not going to go with a draw, you have to give it to Edwards, and they did. And it, that fight was a lot closer than people realize, and, and people kind of don't think back on the fight clearly they kind of just i think it seems in the public like leon went out there and you know put it to uzman for five rounds and one clean it was not that clean a victory it was a very very close fight and arguably he probably should have been a draw i mean you could make that you could make that case pretty cut and clear not, not a robbery or anything like that but definitely you could consider that fight a draw and you'd be well within your rights to think so um, but no, nonetheless, not to take anything away from the man, he, he is the champ and he won the fight and he got he got the nod from the judges. Um, and now he's taken on Colby Covington and we're just getting going on Colby. Uh, let me tell you what Colby's done in the last in his last five fights. So take a listen to this, Ariel. I want you to react to this. OK. So in uh, he has not fought since 2022, uh, March 5th when he beat Jorge Masvidal um, in a main event, right? And I'm not going to shit on Jorge Masvidal, but listen, Jorge, Mas- Jorge Masvidal is not prime at, no. at, in 2022. And we saw that this year when he fought Gilbert Burns. Like, don't Let's be real, though. Gilbert Burns is real <laughs> an actual fighter a fighter like yeah but, but but and masvidal went out there and he looked he looked to be in better shape i think but once again just just i i don't think masvidal has been in his prime since 2019 when he was you know when he had three knockouts he finished off nate diaz he knocked out ben Askren with the flying knee and he knocked out darren till I mean, just a crazy ass year, and I think if that you was ask me, the prime was Askren, the Askren knee was the high watermark for, for him. sure. Yeah, but he beat Nate Diaz. He still he went out there and he, he beat the shit out of Nate Diaz, as far as I'm concerned. I, we watched that fight together. If you don't remember, yeah. he he beat the shit out of him. I mean, he just did. And um, yeah, but also there, that's a, a rough and tumbler, and that's not like what the UFC will come down to. You're gonna fight someone who's gonna take it to the ground, and then like, what does he do? Right. What can he do? Yeah, not he, saying he I struggled. can do any better. But. No, no. But Masvidal struggled, and and Masvidal he fell victim to Usman twice, just like Colby Covington did, which we're gonna get to. But I just wanna I want to point something out about Colby's last few fights. That fight was in 2022. He has not fought since. So that win, you I don't know what value you attach to that win, but for me, it's not too much. It's not I, – I, you've got that victory over Masvidal. I don't – Gilbert Burns just beat Masvidal and had and then had to like go – You almost you almost need to to be taken seriously. 
yeah. the UFC. But regardless, like not not a great, not not my favorite win in his career. But then okay, you go back UFC 268. This is now 2021. This is the fight prior to this. So now he this is the fight in the Madison Square Garden, the rematch with Usman. Now, I'm gonna say this on behalf of Colby Covington. I rewatched that fight as well, not not as recently, but probably a couple months ago. I actually think Colby won that fight. Um, and I might be I might be alone in that, but I actually personally rewatched that and I, I thought he I, I don't know which rounds, I can't remember which rounds I thought he got, but I thought I thought you could very, very easily score three of those rounds for uh, Covington. Um, didn't get the didn't get the nod though. Unanimous loss to Uzman, which is baffling. Well, no, that that's the thing, dude. I, it seems cliche, but like you really need to. Um, it's not enough to show up. You got to beat the if champ. You, if you have an even scorecard on a championship card, you lost the fight. Yeah, to the champion. Probably. If you if you win by like. A half point in one round, you lost the championship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can. It can turn out that way. And no, it can't be up to decision because if it's up to decision, if it if it's if it's ambiguous, then the championship is or then the champion is where he belongs. If it's ambiguous, then he is rightfully placed. If you usurp him, if you beat his ass, then it's no question. Right. But like, That's I don't think. Do. You, it's such a sh- to lose to like a close decision as the champion. That's it's like something, and that's I. I feel like it's a it's almost like a plot armor system in the like the UFC. But I really like how they have it there. I disagree. Like, I disagree though because I think no, I think I don't. Sh- but I'm but I disagree. I'm saying I think that it doesn't matter. I think it does. It should, championship or not, it doesn't matter. You're scoring the fight ten nine must system. It's round by round. Who won the round? Period. That's it. That's all it takes. And it's a merit. It's supposed to be meritocratic. Like, okay. Did this person, we have a criteria. We stick to the criteria. Did, did the, did the, did this person do X, Y, or Z formulaically to win the round? If they won the round, the round belongs to that fighter. It doesn't championship or, or not. And I know that you can, I know that judges can be swayed by, um, you know, whatever uh audience the audience kind of their reactions to what's going on in the fight if there's a hometown guy in there and maybe the sh- maybe the shot selections are a little bit you know they're, they they get a little more pop from the crowd maybe it seems like the shots are landing harder who knows um from my perspective though i just saw i, I rewatched that fight and thought to myself you know Colby got a couple of those. He got three of those rounds. I I scored three of them for 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 Colby. Um, but there was he did get dropped twice in a round, and I I don't remember if I don't think a judge gave a ten eight. But like in boxing, that would have definitely been a ten eight. But mm-hmm. it doesn't in in MMA, it's not. It's not a ten eight. No, round. no, because you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, ten eight round is very definitive. It's like it, it's it's an ass beaten. Like it's yeah. Like you, you, you weren't really able to move. And yeah, were no you weren't 10, able to move. Right. There were no 10, eight rounds in there. Um, okay. Well, but let, let's get back to the point. Cause I do, I want to finish up this point on Colby Covington. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not trying to praise him because I don't think he deserves this spot period. And here's why his last three victories. Okay. This dates all the, the I mentioned this actually I've, in the comment section of the podcast, the morning combat podcast. I was hoping that maybe they got to the question. I don't know. I haven't listened to the, the episode, but I, I want, I'm curious to hear what people say about this and I'm waiting this week. I'll probably will hear a little bit of this, but the last time from my perspective, the last true quality win, like championship elite level win 
from Colby Covington where it's like he beat a guy that was, you know, that earned him a, like he should go into a title fight immediately because of the victory. The last time that that fucking happened was when he beat Rafael Dos Anjos in 2018. Okay, that's fucking five full years ago, more than five and a half. After since that win, which he did win a an interim welterweight belt for that victory, and I'm just playing resume games. I'm not I'm not talking about performances because the you know a year later he fought Robbie Lawler and just beat the shit out of it. But Robbie Lawler was old, you know. I mean, he's, was he completely washed? No, but he was definitely aging, not prime. Then he goes in after the Lawler victory, and okay, he strung a bunch of wins together. So, like, fair enough. Give him the title shot. At that point, sure. I don't think the Lawler win on its own was enough, but he had put enough wins together. They definitely earned the shot. Then he goes in there and gets finished off by Usman. Okay, great. Uh, pretty definitive. I know he disputes the the KO, but that he got his jaw broke in the fucking one of, one of the did. best fights ever. That was a great it's- fight, right? You saw that fight, didn't you? Yeah, I we I thought we watched that. Not that one. No, that was that was like a month after the the uh, Masvidal Diaz fight, but it was the same year. But but we didn't watch that together. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's, we, I, I know so you I watched. Did, yeah, no. So I watched that, and then um, as I was watching the fight, he hits him, and I was like, oh, that's gross. I was like that kind of that wasn't right, and then actually the highlights corner they have the, in the highlights they have him. He goes, it doesn't. It's voiced over. Or not, not voiced over. Sorry, but he just he looks my, at his corner and he goes, Mike he picked broke it up. my. J- oh, it did. I, it did. He, yeah. He, yeah. He goes, he broke. He, he goes, he broke my jaw. Like it's, it's broke. Well, Colby, Colby, being the the ego that that guy has, he says, I broke my jaw. And I, I remember when I heard him say it, I was like, no, 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 Usman broke your jaw, bro. You didn't break your jaw. <laughs> well, no, that's like, uh, like he says, fight, I broke my fight. jaw. Yeah, man. I got my it's, jaw. Yeah, I broke I, my he jaw. says, I, bro- I think I broke my jaw, which I'm just like, bro, you didn't break anything. Usman broke your jaw. And- <laughs> And if if you didn't, you were just, then you just got cracked on like and and he did and, and you know what he got finished it was a clean finish I don't give a fuck what he says like you he was getting banged on it's not by the way and this is gonna this is gonna play into my analysis of what I think is gonna actually go down but like okay law the Lawler win crazy victory just beat the shit out of him goes in against Usman gets finished okay then he goes in there against Tyron Woodley bro Tyron Woodley had lost like three fights in a row was in the midst of Tyron Woodley, just the absolute collapse. Like he had lost to Usman. He had lost to Burns. Then he loses to Covington. Then he gets subbed by Vicente Luque. Then he goes in there and loses to fucking Jake Paul twice. Like, Mm. like Tyron Woodley was, uh, he's just as washed as he had ever been. And I'm not shitting on Woodley. I love, I love Tyron Woodley, but this was this was not this was like this dude is in his late thirties thirty nine I think at the time thirty eight this is a very washed Tyron Woodley certainly not prime and it took him five rounds to for Covington to get him out of there okay um, so good whatever good performance so he clearly won the fight and and you know took five rounds but got him out of there then he goes in against Usman a, a great performance but gets dropped in the fight twice in one round. In like back-to-back sequences, right? Usman catches him a couple times, drops him twice, um, and lo- and then he loses the fight, loses another championship belt or belt opportunity. Then he goes in there against Masvidal, and he puts it to Masvidal, beats his ass, but on- once again, gets dropped. Masvidal drops him pretty bad too, and, but Masvidal was so fucking old and tired, that clearly, and not in in. I think he's even said this publicly that he was like not in uh, you know f- fight shape. 
for that flight. He was he might have been nursing an injury. Um, was did not have the cardio. Couldn't follow drops. Colby couldn't follow up with anything. Let's him recover, yeah. basically. But once again, he, he had to recover. He had to recover his fucking hand from like cracking this dude on the jog. You, you hit someone, they fall down. You're just like, but I'm just saying my, my point being that, okay, he's first of all, his last, he has traded wins and losses in four straight fights. And I know he's a draw. I know he's like got the personality and whatever, but like, and I know he, whatever he weighed in, and like this is clearly a company guy, and the UFC is just they just they know he's a milking him. There's no way. There's dude. Let me tell you something about Shavkat Rachmanov real quick. I know we're gonna get to him. This dude has is seventeen and zero. Seventeen finishes, finishes, all finishes, hundred percent finish rate. Done. <laughs> That's what I mean. He has literally won. I mean, this is the insane. Look at, yeah, you can see the 17 and over, 17 and three. Why Why is Colby, Colby fighting? Just that Put him on its own. Rachmanov. Just that Just that on its own. Okay, great. Okay, maybe Rachmanov, okay. You can't even make the argument that he's fought better competition because he, he, he just beat Masvidal fucking like a year and a half ago. It was a long time ago. Right. More than that. So like he has, I, Colby has great PR. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what's gotten him to this this spot. Obviously undeserving. So that this is what I would. This is like the final thing I would leave on this fight. It's absolutely Colby. Colby Covington's to lose. This is like the pinnacle of what he's done to get here. He could become the champion by beating Leon Edwards. He could very well do that. I don't think he has what it takes. I don't. Leon has lost against scarier people. Yeah, and I have doubted him more. During big, I don't, I don't think he's going to let this slip to someone like Colby no. Covington. The main no, I, thing that hmm? I was going to say, I so um, I I completely agree. I I'm in I'm in full fledged agreement with you. I think Edwards gets this done. And I actually think he gets it done in a, within inside a couple. I think he finishes him because I think Colby's been dropped one too many times. Um, he is. He gets clipped, and he, when he gets hit, he, he he's in, he's affected, and he's never. Mark, I'm saying this again. Colby Covington has never, in his entire career, first of all, you know he's going to go for wrestling, right? Like this is going to be the part of the game plan. You would imagine he's going to pressure tactics, pressure tactics, and then try to get takedowns. Okay, Leon Edwards has excellent takedown defense. Usman had a really hard time getting him down. Uh, he Kamaru's he like, took. He yeah. took Usman down, actually. Right. So, like, I, I'm, he's a, I think he's a black belt in jujitsu. I'm not worried about submissions. I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not too concerned with takedown. I mean, if, if we're gonna find out quick, if Colby can get him down early while they're dry, that's gonna be a bad night for Leon. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's always in the fight because I'm gonna take. This is what I was gonna finish my point on. Covington has never been in there with a slicker striker. Never. Masvidal, Wash Masvidal, no. Maybe Masvidal in his prime might have been a, comp- a comparison to to consider, but certainly not when they fought. Usman, his striking has come a really long way, and he's he's probably an elite striker now, but definitely not a better striker than Leon. Um, T. Wood, absolutely not wrestler. Uh, wrestler with big 
right hand power, but certainly not a, a slick, you know, kickboxing striker. Robbie Lawler, no, uh, especially at the stage he was in. RDA, no, a, one, a similar style, pressure tactic fighter. I mean, this dude, Covington has never been in there with like, Leon is going to catch this dude. He's going to catch him somewhere on the feet because the fight has to be on the feet at some point. And I'm telling you what, Colby Covington is getting finished. He's going to get finished in this fight at some point, I believe. So, I mean, that's my prediction. You said it You said it best. Like, this is – it's not really Colby's fight to lose because he's, he's not exactly – but, like – Well, no, the only it reason is I because, say that is because it's – this is his this is his high watermark right here. His yeah. PR team has done everything to get him to this moment. Because he didn't have to do anything record. to get this spot. Exactly. So like, they were like, this is the – they're like, you either need to win this or he like shut the fuck up. Like that is your option. I don't know where he goes after a, a loss here. Like I don't even exactly. Know. He likes to do this though. Is like when he when he like he he's gonna be incredibly humble in this loss. He's so no, he's so fucking inactive though. Like like and which I I actually respect that. I respect guys who take time off uh, in between fights. But like I, I felt like uh, he so when he lost to Usman, he jumped right back in there like four months later, three months later, which is a pretty quick turnaround for him. Um, I expect if a, uh, with a loss, he'll try to get right back in there um, and fight somebody, probably pick some, he'll probably pick like wonder boy or somebody who's aging to get another win over. But like this dude has never been, ex- this dude has never been in there with, he had chances to fight Chimaev. He could have been fighting Rachmanov, but like just decided to wait until he got his opportunity and, they gave it to him, and I, I I get that he's a draw, but like, um, first of all, I mean, he's, if you're falling for the shtick, like, and you think that this is like a true patriot with like big ideas about like the blue collar work life, like th- this guy is this guy is a fraudster, like he is a complete fraudster, and I don't I don't understand. I mean, I get it. I get that it's a shtick, which is why it doesn't offend me. But like, what if what I find sad is that people actually look at him as like an inspirational figure somehow. I don't know how those, I don't know how that math is shaken out the way it is, but it somehow is. So um, interesting main event. You, well, how do you think, how do you think it ends? I mean, it's, it's clear that you're picking Leon to win, but how do you think, does he, is this, is this going to decision you think? I think, I think it ends. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to decision. I think Colby is, uh, it's going to be a sad night for him. He's going to have to uh, rebrand maybe. You think he's going to get finished though? Do you think? Are we looking yeah, at a knockout? I, do. I think I, I think we're looking at a finish. I don't. I don't see a, like a stone cold knockout. Like out cold, I see a. I think I see a Kobe getting clipped and then Leon pouncing on it and getting TKO. Some, yeah, one of those. I mean, maybe he does actually catch. I'm that chin is suspect, man. Colby Covington's chin is genuinely suspect. This dude has been. I mean, he he gets hit clean sometimes, and that's what U- Usman hit him clean many times in the first fight. Hit him clean and dropped him at least a few times in the second fight. And Masvidal fucking clipped his ass. Like, I don't know, man. You got Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards is in his fucking prime. Leon Edwards hasn't been rocked since Nate Diaz clipped him, you know? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, you're, I think Leon's more tested. What's he been doing in the last couple of years? Getting He's to the active. championship. He's, He's been fucking active. hurt in his spot. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a little layoff there. And let's see, like... I mean, look at – it's not even it's not even comparable. You know when the last time Leon Edwards lost? Hmm. He lost to Kamaru Usman. You know when that was? 
2015. Yikes. Yeah. That's what and he beat and he avenged it and then won the trilogy. Yeah. He beat he beat Vicente Luque, who's on this card. He beat Brian Barbarina. He beat uh Cowboy, Gunnar Nelson, RDA. Um he be uh, he had a no contest with Bilal, who is the backup catcher. I should mention Bilal Muhammad or backup catcher. Jeez, there's my baseball pouring out of me. Uh, Bilal Muhammad is the backup uh, fighter f- uh, for this fight. So if somebody misses weight or can't or gets injured, Bilal Muhammad will step in, who is also on a quite a win streak. But Bilal was getting pieced up in that fight before there was a bad eye poke from Leon, and um, he couldn't he couldn't continue the fight. So. I would have I would have picked Leon to finish that fight at some point. Um, I don't know when or how, but it seemed like he was on path to victory. Um, then he goes out and has the performance against Nate Diaz, and then he's beat Usman twice in a row. I mean, this guy's fucking – you can't get any more momentum than that. <laughs> you know? Like, I just can't – I can't imagine him losing. Um, if he does, it'll be, you know, shocking, and we're going to have to deal with Colby Covington as a welterweight champion for a bit. So – I see, if, but I will say this too. If Colby wins, don't expect the welterweight vision to move very quickly. This dude is going to squat on that fucking belt for like, he won't fight for a year, mark my words. And they won't strip him because he's a, he's a draw. Mm-hmm. Like you, you mark my words, that dude wins the belt. He is going to be, he will not be fighting until December of next year, probably. Like just not an active fighter in any real way. So. Let's all hope for the sake of the welterweight division and for our mental sanity that uh, Leon Rocky Edwards gets it done. That's the main event. Uh, Errol, let's move into the co-main. What do you say? Yeah. All right. Alessandra Pantoja, the new flyweight champion, is rematching Brandon Roy Val. They had a initial contest that resulted in a Pantoja submission victory. Um, Pantoja won the, uh, won the belt. He's on a four-fight win streak, and he won the belt in what was – probably the greatest flyweight fight of all time in the history of the division against Brandon Moreno. Did you catch that fight uh, back in July? No, I don't think I did. You got to do yourself a favor and you got to circle back to that one. I'm telling you, I just rewatched that one as well in preparation for this card. And uh, it, it truly lives up. I mean, it is a absolute blood and guts war for five rounds uh, and a very close fight unbelievably close fight and uh i've got a i've got a nickname for pantoja right now especially if he gets a victory in this fight this man is the brandon killer this man kills brandon's (laughs) (laughs) i mean this will confirm if your name is brandon there's one man in the ufc you don't want to be in there with because this dude is (laughs) he has beat brandon moreno three times okay he beat him uh he beat him once on the uh, Ultimate Fighter uh, on, the, on the on Tough, the Ultimate Fighter tournament. Um, then he beat him again in a rematch in 2018, and then he beat him again just this July. And he and he also beat Brandon Royval so <laughs> once. So <laughs> this man is the brand. <laughs> he is the Brandon killer. Like this this dude is. If your name is Brandon, seek you might you might want to seek a new division because this man is going to lord over people named Brandon for a while. Um, four, Dude, four, so four no against Brandon right now in his career. So any Brandon, if your name's Brandon, not good. Name Brandon, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I think Mr. Roy Val has it. You think he's going to get it done? I 
think we're going to see yeah, I think we're going to see an upset and I'll tell you why. Uh he was he was injured during that fight. The first this fight. Is true. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, he had shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. He yep. fought again. If I'm not mistaken with the shoulder injury and then he got surgery after that. Yep. This is all true. Yep. This is a guy who's just been brooding the whole time. Yeah. And he's healthy and he is He's finishing dudes too. Like his last two victories have been like violent finishes. First round too. Like um, I, I think um, this this fight almost has like the most like almost. I don't want to say like bad blood, but I think like this. We're gonna. I think we're gonna see Mister Royval shine, dude. I think we're gonna see Brandon Royval shine. But dude, uh, he's going up against the Brandon Killer. So this is not a good <laughs> oh, matchup. For you, you know I, I mean? want somebody to pick that up so bad. <laughs> the Brandon Killer. I'm hoping that somebody pulls. Alexandre, the Brandon. <laughs> he should switch it. Yeah, <laughs> the Brandon. Killer. If he gets this victory, he'll be five and zero against men named Brandon, and. He should just start going after the Brandons. Just call him out on the mic too, like right after. <laughs> just be like, if your name is Brandon, seek new division. Like he's just gonna fucking call it out right then and there. But he uh I mean I do agree with you. I think Roy Val is coming on. I think he's he's definitely starting to develop into uh the fighter. I think I mean Moreno beat him. That were that the, the two Brandons <laughs> actually fought <laughs> themselves. That's the thing about this division is there's, there's a there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of rematches in this division. Like they're, they're, all these guys have fought each other. Like it, between Kaikara France, Brandon Moreno, Pantoja, and Askar Askarov. And then you throw Tim Elliott in the mix. Like there's like four or five fighters in the flyweight division and they've all fought each other multiple times. Like Kai Kara France has fought Brandon Moreno twice, I believe. Um, and he, and he's also fought Pantoja uh, at least once. Um, yeah. At least once. Um, he's fought Brandon Royval. Askar Askarov has fought um, has fought Pantoja and Brandon Moreno. Um, I mean, and Kai Kara France for that matter. So like, I mean, these guys, these guys are all scrapping each other. They're very familiar with one another. Um, I disagree though. I do think, uh, I think Pantoja is still, he's still in that. I mean, that last war concerns me. It wasn't so recent that I'm super like concerned about it. And he does take a good chunk of time off in between fights. Like he never fights short notice for the most part. Um, I mean, the shortest that I can see in the, since he's been in the UFC in between fights is like, uh, Let's see January to May that's five months. Uh, May to November that's a handful of months. I guess like April to July is the biggest. That's like the shortest gap between fights. He's usually good about taking six months off. Um, he, the last three fights have been a year apart each. So he fought in July of twenty three, July of twenty two, and August of twenty one. Um, so that's his his win streak is spaced apart pretty well. I think his chin's gonna hold up okay. I think the damage is not. Um, I mean, it was a fucking war, man. I'm telling you, go back and watch that fight if you get a chance. Like, it's probably free on YouTube. Um, Pantoja and Moreno, I believe it was that was also a rematch. That was their third fight, in fact, um, technically. And it was a fucking absolute showdown. Just incredible fight. One, one of the best fights of, in my opinion, it was the best fight of the year. One of the best fights of the decade so far. A crazy ass fight. A lot of damage taken, but and Roy Val is going to have to catch him. He's going to have to bring it. And uh, he, I, I think he can make the fight a lot more compelling than their first fight because the first fight ended what? It was second round. Uh, I know that you said he was injured, but like he got he did get subbed. 
um, in the second round of that fight. I, I see Pantoja getting it done probably on the feet. I think they're going to slug it out, and I think Pantoja's going to put him away. Um, but uh, either way, you got two knockouts. For my prediction side of things, I think you got a pair of knockouts in the title fights. Anything else on that one before we move into the next fight? No, nah, not really. It's a, it's going to be interesting. I'm actually more excited about that fight than I thought I'd be. Dude, the flyweights are so fun. They're fucking fast oh, yeah. as shit. They're, it's a it's a great division. I'm so glad that division is where it is because I know it was like kind of on the way out there a few years ago. But um, no, that'll be a fun fight. Uh, pretty much guaranteed to be action packed. It'll be great. And speaking of action packed, <laughs> let's move to the next one because uh, boy, we've got we've got action packed written all over this motherfucker right here. Shavkat Rachmanov, the 17 and 0 fucking marauder is going up against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in what is sure to be an, what is sure to be either a very sad night um for Wonderboy or um or it's going to be a war. it's either going to be a sad night for Wonderboy or the culmination of his PR team yeah or they're going to have to start working on something well so he he's also done a really good job but um so i hate like it's almost in the same like ilk of uh, Colby Covington, um, but like he's actually a likable guy. Like he has like a job outside of the UFC and stuff. So like it's very reasonable for if you ask me, like a person like a like a like a like Thompson to just ask for better fighters when he fights. Like no matter what, just be like, I won against my last one. Give me someone higher rated than I am. Yeah, yeah. Like, I no mean, matter what. I mean, Wonder Boy is one of the most likable people in the sport, bar none. He's just uh, – that's why I was, like, shocked, the Colby Covington comparison. I see what you mean now that you've finished. No, it. no, just that, like, they, they, they have don't, nothing in, in they don't throw him out. They actually – he turned down uh, the uh, Rachmanov fight. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Well, but I that, it's because he, he wasn't – well, no, yeah, you have nothing to lose by fighting that guy – or, no, sorry, nothing to win by fighting him and everything to lose. Exactly. Why be – why be the person to like decide whether he's worth it or not when you can just fight him later? And then now that he's at the spot, he's like, yeah, I'll fight him. Yeah. I mean, he's had a storied career and he is, he's definitely once again, I, here's the thing about the, that I don't love about this matchup is um, I mean, it's a, I actually think he has a lot to win. Um, I know that he's, I know that he didn't feel this way. Um, I know he didn't feel that way when the fight was initially offered to him, but I actually disagree at this stage in his career right now, he has a victory over Kevin Holland. And when the, I think when the fight was offered to him, no, this is not true. He was, the fight was offered to him after the most recent um, victory by Rachmanov, which was over Jeff Neal back in March. I think that he, you know, Wonderboy got the win last December. Once again, he's been taking about a year off in between fights, give or take, uh, six months to a year off in between fights, which is what you do when you're Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and you're basically 40 years old. Uh, I believe he's 40. Yeah. He's 40 on the nose. It'll be 41 in February. So he's aging at Welterweight. Not a good place to be. I'll put it to you this way. He had a fucking war with Kevin Holland, but he won. He got a corner stoppage and got the victory after two straight losses. What do you do? If you, if your goal is title picture, what do you do to get into the title picture? You got to take, you got to take the fight that's given to you at the highest ranking. So any other fight, Kevin Holland, I don't even think was ranked when they fought. It was a really fun fight. It was one of the best fights of last year, but I do get the, there's a sense of urgency. You've got to, you're 40. You got to take a fight 
obviously. And you've got to take a fight that gets you closer to the title. And right now, I put it to you this way. Wonder Boy comes out there and gets Rachmanov out of there, catches him with something. I don't know what, how this, how he could get it done. I don't know how. I'm not anticipating a victory here. I think it'd be biggest upset of the year. It would absolutely be. It would be shocking, and it and people would be so pumped for him because he, like he's such a likable dude. And I think it's the most reasonable biggest upset of the year too, dude. I'm I'm because Wonder Boy's good, man. Like I might throw a couple dollars. Yeah, you want to throw you want to sprinkle a little cheddar on it. It's not the worst right. idea, especially at those odds. I think he's and I'm not sure where he's at in the odds, but he's definitely plus money pretty substantially. Um, but you work yourself. Listen, you've got another fight we're going to get to in the welterweight division in a minute here. That also has some type title implications because. At this stage in the welterweight division, Bilal Muhammad's probably next no matter what. <clears throat> but if you're one of these guys that are fighting on this night, you're going to want to make a statement and get something done in dramatic fashion. Put yourself in a position where you could actually make a case to be next in line. And Wonderboy gets Rachmanov out of there, who is where's Rachmanov is ranked uh, number five. Uh never been beaten either and is the boogeyman right now uh, in the division. So period. So wonder boy gets that done. I see you could move him right into a title fight against, and how fun would that be against Leon Edwards or Colby Covington? <laughs> either way, that's a fun ass fight. So, I mean, we're kind of playing with an alternate universe where he actually does get the victory. I, I don't, don't even I want to see Leon Edwards lose, but I'd love to see, uh, Thompson beat Covington for the championship. Nicest, nicest guy in the, in the sport versus the biggest douche in the sport. Like, right, just yeah. like actual salt of the earth versus yeah. like, like wannabe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be. I, if I'll put it to you this way: if you got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson standing across Colby Covington in a championship fight in 2024, I will be fucking shocked because I actually, if I'm making a prediction on this one, I'm thinking Shavkat's gonna get him out of there. Um, yeah, me too. I think he's going to knock him out. I think that it's it's not going to be the knockout you think. Like it's not going to be like, oh, they're standing and trading, and Wonder Boy gets caught. No, I think it's going to be more so. It's going to be on like a clinch break, or Rachmanov's going to have him pressured and take. He's going to take him down, and he's got a very vicious ground and pound. I think he's going to catch Wonder Boy somewhere on the ground or in, up against the fence, and put his lights out. And uh, it's going to be a sad. It's gonna be sad because I like Wonder Boy, um, but I, I I take I'm taking Rockman off in that one. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I'm ruined for Thompson, but I definitely uh, Rockman off. So, I mean, statistically speaking, man, it's stupid to bet against him. He he, ain't, it's not that he's not losing. He doesn't even let the judges get involved. No, he's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> he's just like, I'm not going to those goddamn <laughs> scorecards. Just get the fuck out of here. I mean, he's literally he's only been to the third round twice. His last fight made it to the third round, and then he went to the third round back in 2018 in in Kazakhstan. He's from Kazakhstan, so like, so there, yeah. So one like, of those kind of middle yeah. countries there in Europe. Yep, those Eastern European countries where they it's just like it's 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 beat down. It's just like these guys drinking yak juice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just we just don't do that here. We just don't do that type of shit here. I mean (laughs) I mean this this man has got roadkill on his head, like as a fucking fashion statement. So like um, uh, people who do that, you see a man walking around with like with a carcass just draped over his head. I mean just fucking run for the hills because that man's gonna the man's coming for your throat. Yeah, what do you want to fight him? Like he bought that thing. <laughs> he beat that thing up that he's wearing to eat it. 
<laughs> he ate raw too. He killed it out of necessity. You want to fight him? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I'd say I think we're probably landing in the same place on that one. Let's move into the next one. Keep this thing, keep this train on the tracks. Well, the next uh, one or the next, next? Okay, we'll actually save the next one for to close out the main card. Um, we're gonna flop the uh, flop the order. Let's talk. Let's stay in the welterweight division. It actually kind of makes sense to stay right here in that yeah. division in a very similar matchup in terms of stakes and like where these two fighters kind of are at because you got an aging veteran uh, versus an up and coming undefeated fighter. Um, Ian Machado Gary against Vicente Luque. Uh, this is Gary's fourth fight of the year. Um, he has he has beat, let's see, this year he knocked out Song Keenan at UFC 255 back in 285 back in March. Um, then he turned right around two months later, knocked out Daniel Rodriguez, um, in May, and then another two months later, he's he was in Boston at UFC 292 and he he uh. I mean, he beat the shit out of Neil Magny, straight up. Like, no one has made Neil Magny look that bad. And I know that there's some shit going on with Ian Gary on the personal side of things. Um, I don't know. Have you been following this at all? What's going on with him? Only thing I heard is that he's the least liked fighter in the UFC. Basically, yeah. At this point, like he is, he's going for the the Conor McGregor shtick. Whether or not he has the ability to do Conor McGregor things, we will find out. Um, but he, I mean, I, there's stuff with his wife. I'm not going to, he's, he's literally, if he's literally, if, uh, Conor McGregor and Colby Covington had a baby kind of, yeah, that's a really, that's actually, that's really good. That's actually really on the nose. That's about right. And you know what? Colby Covington and Gary are in the same division and they're going to be on the, on the same, same stage at the press conference. So maybe some fireworks going on there. Um, if Ian Gary's like about it, about it, then he'll talk wild shit. Oh, he's going to talk wild shit. To- I'm telling you, right? He's going to talk wild shit. He he has no problem talking wild shit, and he's he's pretty okay at it. But uh, we'll see how much better he is now because he he seems to get more and more confident in between fights, and he's winning. He's 13 and 0. Um, he doesn't have the Rachmanov. I, I I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell there's one man that's going to be on that stage. He's not going to be talking shit to, and that's Shavkat fucking Rachmanov. <laughs> He's not. I guarantee that man will not shed some attention. <laughs> he ain't talking to Rachmanov. He ain't even gonna look at that man wearing a dead animal on his fucking head. He's like, I'll beat your ass. I'll beat your ass. I'll your ass. Oh, Merry I'll Christmas, beat your sir. Ass. Merry Christmas, to you sir, and a happy new year. He's he's got um he's got the swagger that um an undefeated young fighter would have. I, I don't want to make comments about what's going on with like his wife. His wife has been like, whatever. There's been accusations that she's like kind of manipulative. Or, I don't know what's going on there. That's been a thing on the internet. I'm not going to dive. Well, so I'm not familiar. Let me bring me up. The you speed. want the drama? You want the you want the juice? Yeah, I want the tea. Basically, she wrote. I guess she wrote a book or published a book about like how to groom young successful men into being in relationships because she's kind of older than him or something. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't fucking know. I don't, I, I hate that people comment like I get, okay, that's public and they've made their lives pretty public by like, you know, recording everything. You know what they're doing then, right? Just start, chasing the bag. Start, well, yeah. I mean, well, she did this before they met. This is why it became a thing on the internet. So it was like, oh shit, this dude's falling victim to a cougar, a, be- a, a gold digging cougar. Because, uh, but, but they have a kid together. I don't like talking about shit like that. Because to, to be completely frank with you, like, I don't know. Like, people should not root. If for- I was him, I'd be like, babe, write the book. 
<laughs> write the book. You clearly yeah, man, got write it. it. Yeah, you we got to pay for diapers. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. did. That's what happened. Do it. Yeah. Well, I'm I, successful. That's the point, though. Is like the thing. It feels a little bit like okay, this dude maybe he fell victim to something like that, and this this lady is not like great, but like no one actually truly knows that except people in their lives. A and B. Why are people rooting for a fucking marriage of of which there's a child been in the in the mix? Why are people like rooting for that to like? They're actually not even rooting for it. They're like contributing to like damaging it publicly. And it's like, right, I don't know. exactly. Like, just stay out of it. It's not your fucking marriage. Why do we even care? Why do people care? Right. If you don't like the book, don't read it. Don't read the fucking book. And like, who get, I know that they're public and they've made themselves public, but like, the dude's a fighter. He's a public figure because of the fighting. I, I don't, I don't, that stuff is paid nasty. to get punched. So, and nobody actually open. fucking knows. This is the part. This is the part that drives me nuts. Like, you're not in the room with them. You're not a person in their personal lives. Like, how the fuck do you know what's actually going on? You're just like, he would have broke up with her if he wasn't okay with that book. I don't know. I don't. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he's a goofball and he's just been fucking. You know, maybe some knucklehead that just he didn't. He can't, he can't read it because yeah. he got punched too many times, too many concussions. Got cross-eyed, maybe. Well, I don't know. He's thirteen and oh, he clearly hasn't been hit too much. Um, well, you still get punched. Yeah, I guess it's true. And he's been dropped. Yeah, but um, he's fighting Vicente Luque. One to back on the shit that matters. He's going to fight Vicente Luque. It's a it's an interesting matchup. Luque is coming off a victory. Um, they actually used to be uh, sparring partners or training partners, so there's like some backstory there. I think they're pretty cordial. I don't know. Gary's had apparently he's been kicked out of gyms for you know filming everything. I don't know stuff like that. The shit like that's been going on. Um, you wonder where That's his annoying, headspace bro. It's been very public and it's been like getting pretty wild on the internet. So you wonder where his headspace is at. If he gets, I'll put it to you this way. If he goes out there and puts Luke away, this dude's Teflon Dom. Like it's done. Well, I'll tell you what, just off of that, like, cause I was kind of like, oh, Gary's like coming up and, but like that kind of shit like speaks volumes to me just because I've actually like, like, like you were saying before, like I've done like a little bit of wrestling. I have like, when we're talking about me versus uh, Rob Schneider. <laughs> I have a little bit of wrestling background. I've done a bit of jujitsu, and that's the thing. If you're sitting there, like, taking it serious and, like, doing this stuff, you see other people that are there, like, taking it serious and doing this stuff. If someone's sitting there, and, like, granted, when I did it, I was – it was back in the Dizzy. It was, like, early 2000s, so, like, no one was on their cell phones as much as there was, like, flip phones and stuff. Yeah. But, right. like, if someone was, like, taking pictures and, like, fucking just doing it, be like, bro, we're here to work. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're – like, put that away. I don't want you taking pictures yeah. of me when I'm, like – Sweating, dogged out, and I got it's my junk even, in this guy's it's not face. That. It's it's not that. It's that these guys are these guys are um, they're employing strategy and that too strategic positioning and shit. They don't want that shit public. These guys don't even want their injuries out. Like they're guys that di- that don't disclose their injuries publicly because they don't want tar- right. You're want icing. You're icing your hamstring, and then you're over. Yeah, exactly. And then Just because some dude's like, oh, Alex another Perry, Tuesday. And then Alex Pereira comes out there and fucking leg kicks your ass. Literally right one spot. time he throws his toes out and they touch you in the hamstring. You're like, Ugh. yeah, you, you, you six more it. times and you get a fucking, you get a leg knockout. Leg the ref breaks out. it up. He's like, stop kicking him in the leg. He's, He's like, like, Why? Don't you know how bad that hurts? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I know. I, I, just the fact I they brought no, him up. I, I, I get why people are uh, turned off by his like persona and the, like he is he is very like unlikable from my perspective. I, I I've heard him in many interviews. He's he's extremely pompous and like very full of himself. But like, and it's very unappealing like on a personal level. But like as a fighter, he's an excellent fighter. He's an excellent fighter. And like I also don't 
the personal stuff, he's kind of asking for it in a lot of ways by being so public with his fucking life. But from my perspective as a fighter, um, this is the biggest test he'll have yet. Uh, Luke is still, um, he's still very young. I know that he had like a brain bleed or something Yeesh. like not, not that long ago. Like he got cleared. I think he's good. Um, Bro, this could be a disaster fight. Yeah, this but he's be a he's great already fight for Gary. No, but he's already fought since then, right? So Luke had that incident, um, and then he he took a bunch of time off, and then he fought uh, RDA, and he fought all five rounds, and he got hit a lot. And you know, you're fighting RDA, you're gonna get hit. Well, and, that's what I'm saying. It's even worse. You got hit by him. Yeah, it could be. It, you might be right. It, it's a very possible. It's definitely a possibility that like he's not all there and but he's still very still very young he's only 32 he's right in his prime i mean he's got a lot of miles but he's he's still an excellent fighter if if gary gets by him i don't i'm not gonna i don't think it's title shot necessarily especially when you've got guys like rockmanoff in the mix and you've got guys like uh Bilal muhammad who's probably next and um from my for my money i want to see I'd, I'd want to see one more like you get luke out of there Maybe maybe you, you match up Gary and Rachmanoff and somebody's always got to go. You know, maybe, maybe we wind up in a situation like that. I mean, let's take a look at the UFC welterweight rankings. I mean, who else could you even? Who else are you putting in the mix here? I don't even know. I mean, you got Usman. Maybe you could do Ian Gary versus. I don't know where Usman's at either, too. Because remember, um, Usman just fought at uh, middleweight. He went up to middleweight for his last fight against Chimaev. I don't really know. Um, Gary's ranked 10th and Luke's ranked 9th. So like what the fuck happens with Gary if he beats Luke? What do they swap spots? Now you're still number 9. You're 9 in the division. That doesn't get you um you know, that doesn't get you where you want to be, I don't think. Um Gilbert Burns is fighting Jack Della Maddalena. I guess that's that's that was another announcement I should have hit. That's going to be a huge fight um in a couple months. So you can't match you wouldn't be able to match him up with Burns. Um I mean, I guess you could go maybe Sean Brady. Uh, maybe you just bump him all the way to Usman, number one, number one contender fight. I I don't really know. I don't. I, I guess it just depends where Usman's at. But like Gary's not really going to have anybody to fight unless it's Shavkat Rachmanov. You know. I, I mean, right. Who, Everyone's booked. Yeah, it's just not a good. It's not a good sitch. So um, I don't know what this fight really does for him. It's also his fourth fight of the year. I mean, he could sit on his three fight win streak. This fight is not going to get him. I think what he, um, what he's looking for, other than other than a guaranteed big fight, like he'll definitely get a big fight next. What it will, who it will be against, I don't know. But he's probably going to be looking at some time off. Um, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, who do you got in that fight, Errol? Who do you think is taking it home? Um, I kind of uh, a a part of me thinks that it's going to be Ian Gary. Yeah, I th- I do think um, I think so too. I think the striking. I think that Luke is uh, masterful on the ground. Uh, you know what? No, I'm gonna take that. I think Luke is gonna get it done. I think Luke is he's a fucking black belt, and I think that if he if he Gary's been dropped before, I can see a path to victory here where Luke could get a sub, where he could sub him out. I think that's very much in the cards. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, if it goes to the ground, that's you don't want to be down there with a black belt. So, like, no, that's, I can Luke absolutely is, see that. But I think, you know, I'm looking at the score. I'm thinking 13 and 0 doesn't look too far fetched. Yeah, I think he, I think I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it to you this way: either victory will not shock me. It will be, um, it will be, 
I, I, I think he needs he this won. to keep up the persona, man. He needs it. Oh, he definitely so does. Uh, he, a, a loss would be pretty detrimental to the to the brand at this point. So you you do because this is he's built up everything to get to right here where people are like, oh, he might be like he's he has a clean record to quote unquote back up the talk, but that's all he has to back up the talk now. There's no like real crazy. You know, Giants that he's slain. He gets hit a lot too. This is the thing. Like I, I've seen it. He, he's for all of his talk, he's no Conor McGregor. Well, no, no, he's not doing what Conor. Like I was looking at that run from McGregor. I was looking at just the just the sheer numbers of like what McGregor was doing. Like when it, I guess you, if you were to compare their careers, because McGregor was just on the rise, right? He was just like moving on up through the division and he was just, it was, and he was taking, his mouth was kind of taking the sport by storm because he would be out there talking shit and then he would just go out there and, and, and back it up. And people were like, okay, who's going to be the guy to, where he, he's not going to back it up against. And then it wound up being basically Habib. Um, but if you look but at like that, anyone, we all, yeah, everybody, gonna be the kids. But, look, but look at, listen to this run. Like, okay, Marcus, this is McGregor. This is his UFC run all the way through. Uh, to before Habib, so all the way to two, UFC 205 when he becomes double champ. Listen, to this fucking run. He beats Marcus Brimage first round knockout, Stockholm, Sweden, first round. Then he goes in there and has a good performance on a torn ACL against Max Holloway. Decision, okay, lackluster. Great, Boston. Still, this is a very good win, right? A featherweight. Not a bad guy. Then they go to Ireland, right? Because he now he's a star because he's been mouthing off and the world's paying attention a little bit. He takes on Diego Brandout, knockout first round in Dublin home crowd. Then uh, now he's going to hit the pay-per-view scene and he's got Dustin Poirier for the first time, knockout first round. Then they throw him in there against Dennis Seaver. Uh, kind of a last, that was a little switch up, but once again, second round knockout. Now let's throw him in there, with, throw him in, there in an interim UFC featherweight championship. Okay, knockout second round. Again, Chad Mendez. Then we're going to throw him in there against Jose Aldo. 13 seconds, first round knockout. A very famous one that everybody knows about, right? Okay. Then he gets subbed by Nate Diaz. Then he avenges it in a decision. And then second round knockout of Eddie Alvarez. I mean, he was fucking putting him away. I mean, and then you you go back even further in his first, like, one, two, three, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of his first nine fights all ended in the first round by knockout or sub. Like, this is why people wanted to watch Conor McGregor. This is not happening with Ian Gary. Like, like McGregor was exciting because he was just fuck. It was all first round. It was like something's going down. He's he's gonna put the ga- he's gonna he put his foot on, fight. Yeah, his foot's going on the gas pedal. We're gonna we're getting after it early. And uh, you know, I just think that that's not exactly happening with Ian Gary um, up until this point. Maybe maybe he takes off at a certain point. I mean, we'll see. We shall see. Um, Errol, I gotta hit the. Uh, I'm gonna hit the head and because uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get, I'm gonna plug in a quick break here. Um, just to uh, my teeth are floating. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment and, uh, and then we'll finish out the card. We have one more card, one more fight on the main card. We'll get to it right after this break. See you in a moment.
Okay, thanks folks for uh, hanging in there. Appreciate the uh, patience on the quick break there. We're gonna dive right back in this UFC 296 card. We got one more fight on the main card to cover. Arrow, this one's a very important fight. This is gonna be the fourth fight on the card. Or, well, I guess in chronological order, it'll be the second fight of the night um, on the main card. We're talking Tony Ferguson is back. He's fighting again, unfortunately for probably him. Um, and he's taking on Patty Pimblett. Um, Errol, why don't you kick us off? Tell me what your initial thoughts are on this matchup. Dude, so I really like both of these fighters. Um, always been a real big fan of T-Ferg. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it feels like almost like a sink or uh, like a like really disingenuous to say or like it feels terrible to say, but I, I think this might be a swan song. I think this might be his yeah. last... It's either it's all or nothing, and even then, even if he wins this, I don't like it all for uh, for uh, Tony Ferguson. He's uh, getting getting kind of up there, but yeah, no, this is a bad this is a bad situation for sure. I'm very interested to see the culmination of that training though with the old David Goggins. Yeah, that's right. So he has been training. Uh, that's a big part of the story going into this fight is he's been training with David Goggins. My concern with that is that that's an implication working with a guy who's an endurance athlete and an absolute mental. I mean, we talked about him a little bit on the history podcast, the uh, first podcast, if you guys want to, for listeners, if you want to go back and take a peek, we did a full uh, episode in our history series about the, uh, about feats and and achievements of physical and human endurance. Um, And one of the cats we talked about was in fact, David Goggins. And he was a, uh, I mean, he's, he's an, a specimen for sure. And he's, he's a, a mental coach in a lot of ways, I guess is a good way to describe him. I mean, he is an absolute, um, he's a powerhouse as a figure and especially on the, uh, on the training side. My concern with that is, is that I don't understand why, why is Tony Ferguson bringing on a, bringing on a mental coach and a cardio machine and endurance guy for a problem that he doesn't have. He doesn't have a problem with cardio or mental stuff. Well, in the fight game, yes, yes, very, very, okay. Yes. Big so, distinction. But that's outside but, of the, outside of the fight game. We've got he's probably had some, said some bad issues. He's had some stuff. Yeah. A couple, but, of, uh, couple yeah, of things. Well, inside the fight game, it's never been like, does he have what it takes? But also I like, I like that idea of like, breaking a barrier like that you thought you had and uh, like it's, it's going to be interesting to see to yeah. see if that like actually paid off i think patty's gonna show him what actual training will do to you well i don't even think it's that i just think that patty's younger more explosive and i just think he's gonna he's gonna put it on him and i think he's gonna i think patty knows the game the game plan is going to be pretty simple tony ferguson is a dangerous guy um even at this age, he has showed signs even in his last let's t- I mean, he's on a five fight or a six fight losing streak. I believe he's, and it's just getting worse each time in a lot of ways. Like, okay, mm-hmm. the gauge. So we'll talk a little bit about the gauge fight in a moment, but it starts with gauge. Then he's in there with Charles Oliveira. No, no harm, no foul. You lose to gauge Oliveira, Darius, like, and then Michael Chandler. I mean, three, four really good guys. Four great guys in the lightweight division. And then he goes out there last minute against Nate Diaz in a pretty good fight. And he had his moments in that fight. That was a, that fight was fine. Like, anybody who watched the Nate Diaz fight and was just like, oh man, Tony sucks. Like, Tony's, Tony's done. Tony's washed. He can't fight anymore. Like, you could say that, but like, 
I mean, Nate Diaz, you, nobody's saying that about Nate Diaz. And I would say that there, it was a very competitive fight, like very competitive. And, and Tony won a few of those rounds. He did get subbed and lost the fight. But, um, you know, six fight losing streak is not a good place to be at 40 nope. years old. And like nope. it all culminates from one place, in my personal opinion. And that is the absolute torrential downpour of of a beating he took from Justin Gagey. I rewatched that fight recently. That one's tough to watch, man. It's tough to watch. And if if uh if you are looking for an example in the sport of MMA of of what a terrible job coaches do in this sport and not throwing in a fucking towel, look no further than UFC 249 May 9th in in uh, Jacksonville um, in 2020 when Tony Ferguson continued to be trotted out into that octagon and just get lit on fucking fire round after round after round after round. I mean, he had a is a competitor. He is a top tier. It's a coin flip when he fights, man, like a top tier. Like he could, he could very well, but he, um, he, there was a, well, that's how he was going into that fight. But then something happened. Something clicked with Gagey after losing uh, to Poirier, where like he took some time off and like re kind of reshaped his game and decided that he wanted to be a champion. And I know he's lost to Oliveira and didn't really fight completely all too smart against Oliveira, in my opinion. It was, but it's tough to look good against Oliveira. Nobody does. But like, um, he's lost in championship fights, but every time he's not in a championship fight, he's got this like kind of more measured style of fighting, but he still throws so fucking hard. Everything he throws is at 110% and he, he throws really hard. Um, and he's got those leg kicks and he's, he's just an animal. He's just a very, very, I, I think he's, dangerous a, guy. Uh, I think he's a really, I, I think he's a smart fighter. I think he, he is knows now, what his sure. strengths are. Yeah, I think he knows what like his strengths are, and he knows how to play to them. And he's a, I don't want to say a lot more dangerous than people give him credit because anyone who like actually takes the sport serious like know that they know how like, dangerous he, he is. Yeah. Right, but like I just I feel like just because of the, uh, the weight class he's in is so competitive that he kind of doesn't get as much shine as he should. But he also like, sits on top of the, in my opinion, he's, he's the number one contender right now. Other than yeah. for some reason, Oliveira, I think is ranked one, but like, in my opinion, Gagey should be next anyway. I just on a meritocratic you, level. You put someone like Justin Gagey, even like, like I say, like as far as like, maybe even like five years back, there's, he's like a problem. Like he's like washing people. That are like a, that are like semi-competitive, like you know what I mean. Yeah. That are like, so you you think that the, like the the wear and tear from the career is kind of might, might be a problem at some point here. No. Well, it's um like just right now it's a it's a it's a tough time, I think for Tony so, or for Gagey because Gagey's no, no for everyone for everyone. Oh, because the division is where it is. Yeah, because yeah, the division's exactly. going places. Yeah, no, I see. So like, yeah. If if almost if any of these people were like at any other time, it wouldn't be as like uh like crowded or congested. But I mean, it is what it is. But I think um I think Justin Gagey is a great fighter. I think Justin Gagey. I, I personally think he should be so like if you're gonna compare. So Oliveira loses to Islam right in mm-hmm. dramatic fashion in this division. Islam takes care of business. Just just gets him out of there. I think it was the first round, maybe maybe the second round. Um. And then Charles takes a bunch of time off and then he comes back and he 
puts away Benil Dariush in the first round. No problem. That's a great performance and took care of business. And now he's like, now he's calling for the title shot and he wants a rematch again against Islam. Okay. Justin Gagey did what like everybody asks the older guys like Justin Gagey. I mean, he's not an old fighter. He's 34 or so, maybe 35. At the, I don't even think he's 35. I think he's 34. Um, but he did the thing that everybody's always asking these guys to do. Um, Justin Gagey, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, they all ask, they all ask, you know, what's always asked of these guys in this division is that like, don't squat on your spot. There's these killers, these young killers are coming up. Justin Gagey fucking did that. He went in there and beat. And he got, and he got punished for it. If he asked me, because like, when you look at, so like you could be like a Colby Covington, you could be like a, uh, like, you know, or like, where is it? Like, Ian Gary, you could like just play it to where you're sit on something or try to like play your spot there. But no, like this dude, this is why I think he's a good fighter. And it's because like the, the key word there is fighter. I think this dude is a, a, a tussler, bro. He's a deal. Yeah. I'll fight. I'm not. Yeah, he's got, he's got the, none of that. He's got the back. He's like, I don't care about the PR. I came here to swing. Oh. I'm not getting any younger. I'll swing the second I'm healthy. Well, his his fight style is enough. That's that's what is that's the PR right there. Just look at the way mm-hmm. he fights. Like it's always entertaining. It's always super violent. Um, let me even let me, when he loses, he's like, "I showed up." Let me drag this back to. I want to drag this a little bit back to. I don't want to lose touch of what we're trying to get at here, which is we're talking about Tony Ferguson. Um, and what I wanted to say, what I was, I personally think Gagey should be next in line for the belt, and I think that the reason that he. Uh, he might get it is because he beat a contender and he beat Dustin Poirier and he deserves it. And that is, I want the point I'm making with that is that is three years ago. Um, and he is still doing what he's doing. That's how good Justin Gagey is. And I also, I think he, I think he, I think he absolutely took a piece of Tony Ferguson's life away in that fight. And I personally think it's on his corner, whoever his corner was. I know he's changed coaches but like tony ferguson's corner that night they they have a lot to they should answer for that to some degree i know i know that nobody's really talked about this but when i was re-watching that fight it took tony he had nothing for gagey he just continued to get his ass beat just like in this way that was so obvious and clear and like i just couldn't understand uh, he needed someone in his corner to just just say that's enough like and um, instead he just kept like, there was probably a point early in the third round, maybe mid third round where you could have been like, okay, there, there clearly is no answer for this. And he, and Gagey is running away with this and the beating is getting worse. And, um, it ended up in the fifth round at the end of the fifth round where like the referee just had, I think Herb Dean had to just get in there and be like, that's it. Um, and you know, it's bad if Herb's calling it, dude. Yeah. I mean, Herb, Herb Dean just said that I've seen enough. And Tony was sitting there shaking his head. Like, I mean, the CTE and the, it's just, it's terrifying to watch. It's awful. And, and his, his corner should have thrown in the towel and we wouldn't be talking. Maybe we wouldn't be sitting here talking about a six fight losing streak from a guy who was like considered to be uh, maybe the guy to beat Habib, you know, who, 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 at this point it's hard. You'll that ne- was the fight. For we'll the never know. though. And you know why we'll never know? Because, there are all I think a lot of people just assume that because of the way Tony's career kind of shook out that like the reason that there's no reason to believe Habib would have had a hard time with him. But like, I'm telling you, Justin Gagey took a piece of that man. Like, I don't think that this, this is not the guy that would have fought Habib like Justin Gagey, that performance 
from Justin Gagey that night was second to none. And I think it, I think it really derailed his career and um, it's just gotten worse. I mean, he's been finished three times in a row now, uh, two of them luckily by sub, not knockout, but the, the front kick, you remember the front kick from Michael Chandler when he kicked mm-hmm. his head into the bleachers, basically. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one that that was from a couple of years ago? I mean, it's, it's, it was ugly stuff. So like, I don't know. Uh, from my perspective, I don't forecast this fight going well. I think Tony Ferguson um, should consider some retirement options. I don't. I don't like seeing him out there. I don't think he looks spry. I think he he looks competitive because he has such good fundamentals and he's like such a, a, a you know a wily veteran that I think he makes fights look more competitive than they actually are. Um, and who knows if if he if he gets this done, that place this, this sport's gonna be on fire for like a yeah. week. But that's he, the thing. I, do, I don't think that that's going to be the case. As much as I love Tony, I don't see that like realistically being the case. No. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I'm i forecasting the explosivity and like this is this is a prop up fight for Patty Pimblett. And I'm not saying I actually don't think Patty Pimblett is championship worthy. I don't think this dude is on the path to a championship. I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he won his last fight. I thought that that was an actual robbery, not a hyperbolic one, but a genuine, like how the fuck did this get scored this way? Um, you know, I, I know he's a popular fighter. I don't think he's very good. Um, I'm not seeing an elite fighter. I'm seeing a guy who gets hit a lot and I'm seeing a guy who, and who knows, maybe a new version of him shows up and, and puts Tony away in a matter of seconds. I mean, we'll find out, but from my perspective, I think he gets it done and we move on into the next stage of the Patty Pimlet project and we'll see what that looks like. So, that's it for the main card. Um, anything on the undercard you wanted to hit, Errol? I know Cody Garbrandt's fighting Brian Kelleher. Josh Emmett is taking on Bryce Mitchell, uh, late notice opponent Irina Aldana. Um, anybody that sticks out to you other than you know probably Cody Garbrandt? Yeah, no, that was really it. Uh, probably uh, that and the uh, Keller fight was going to be well that Garbrandt Keller. Yeah, but, that's um, yeah Garbrandt Garbrandt and Kelleher. That's going to be. Uh, I think that'll be a fun fight. Um, I think that's about where Cody Garbrandt's at right now. Unfortunately for him, um, he's back at bantamweight. Um, yeah, I think he's uh, he's coming off a win, so we'll see. I mean, his chin has been suspect for a while. Uh, I think the Josh Emmett Bryce Mitchell fight is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really curious to see how that one shakes out. That's a great feature bout on the pre- prelim card. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, that being said, Errol, is there any other um, storylines, any tidbits, any uh, any side notes you want to hit regarding UFC 296 coming up this weekend? And nothing I can think of right now. Try to squeeze something in before if I if something comes up. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, we'll be back in the airwaves in just a matter of a couple days here. Um, so yeah, that's it for the UFC 296 preview show. We talked about what's to come on that card. Uh, we're we're kind of working out. I think Errol, Errol, you might be uh, might be watching this card together in person. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, it sounds yeah, like that's probably going to be the way it shakes out. But whether or not we're able to podcast is a whole other uh, kettle of fish to you know to fry up. So, um, but in the meantime, let's talk about what's coming next in the Perfect Views podcast, Errol. We're talking another film. It's coming up in uh, in just a matter of days. What are we talking about? Oh, the old uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're talking Martin Scorsese's 2013 crazy-ass film, Wolf of Wall Street. There's a shitload to unpack on that one. I just got done with another viewing of it, and wow, I mean, my God. And 
an absolute journey, like a total, total experience of a film. Um, there'll be a lot to talk about on that, on that pod. We're going to work that one in, uh, at some point in the next couple of days. And then, uh, and then we will have something in the works for you guys. Uh, hopefully we'll have a plan together for the, uh, the follow-up to that, the follow-up podcast, whether or not we do a post show is kind of, uh, it's going to be play it by ear, um, for the UFC card, <clears throat> but in the next couple of days, we will be not, we'll be circling back to uh, Martin Scorsese in the Wolf of Wall Street. 10 year anniversary, actually, this Christmas. I think it came out on Christmas Day. I know it came out in 2013, but I believe it was Christmas Day. So we're, we're, that, that thing came out 10 years ago, shockingly. Um, did you see it when it came out, Errol? Yeah. Um, was it a theater? Not in theaters? theaters. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it like right after it like came out. Strangely, I. I'm, I don't know why, but I remember seeing it in theater and now, and I actually don't think it was in theater. Like I, I have a weird ex- a memory that it came out in theater, but then I also read that it, it was like exclusive to digital streaming or something. I don't even know. I, I, my memory is uh, 10 years ago. It, it's, it's all it takes 10 years goes by and you, f- you forget everything. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If I can't remember having, I, I remember seeing the film when it, right when it came out, but where and when, I guess the details were, uh, a little bit foggy. That being said, Errol, let's close this thing out. Uh, we've gone on long enough uh, for a podcast, a preview show. This has been the Peripheral Views Podcast. You know where to catch us. We are at uh, we are on X at Peripheral View One Two Three. Check us out on Twitter, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Please subscribe, rate, and review. SoundCloud.com forward slash Peripheral Views One Two Three for any additional streaming. Uh, our website is peripheralviewspodcast.com and we can be reached more directly for uh, inquiries of any kind at peripheralviewspodcast at gmail.com. That being said, Errol, anything you'd like to add before we close down? No, no. Just right. uh, can't wait for these fights. Should be a good one coming up. Great card. Yeah, great way to close out the year. Last card of the year. Um, huge, huge night of fights. We're really excited to uh, to peep that. That's going to be it's going to be a great night of fights. It should be a lot of fun. should be a lot of exciting matchups um and and it's a good card i'm glad they put it together in this way to kind of bang out the year so that being said uh thank you guys for joining us we really appreciate the uh, listenership and the following uh check us out on the wolf of wall street podcast coming out this week and uh we'll see you on the next round of the perfect news podcast